Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by Wager Lab, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, the professor, and I've built mathematical models to predict various sport outcomes, and I call those models sidelined. To hear more about the models in the course of this episode, it's to cover six of the best college basketball games since we played on Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. You should hear, check out the webpage on the banner there. It's www.pixthroughprofessor.com slash new. For some explanations and community rules, see the Google Sheet link in the show description for sidelines projection on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks in the best games, the best picks on all games. Sign up on Patreon or Blackbook Sports or packages and price ranges based on your needs. Again, all those links are in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a tease. That'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term view on here and don't get distracted when a team either can't hit or can't miss from threes. Those things balance out in the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, you know, we did really well here in these two weeks uh, close regular seasons, which in the money line plays. Uh, talked a lot about the benefit we have an edge because of the fact that uh, you know math is my specialty and that's there's a lot of math and probability with roll, regarding money line we ended up in a lot of favorites i was really surprised at how many favorites the model took and it works really well um but you know what i, I don't want to just always take favorites i want to take whatever wherever there's value if it's favorites it's favorites if it's dog it's dogs if you didn't like all the favorites uh boy you're gonna like this show because I think we got we're just like dog happy here in the tournament and and I don't know how much of that the model isn't like it's March Madness, so crazy things happen. But I do kind of like that it's taking a little bit more dogs now that we're going to the tournament because it's not that it's so much fun to take the dogs as much as you just it's it's just, there's more variance and so at that point having plus odds is a nice thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough like tournament time, crazy things happen. You're trying to compare teams who may not have ever thought about crossing paths and yeah. trying to put a line on that is tough and you don't know how kids are going to react on the big stage and it's. So I like taking dogs here because I think it's a it's a better way to make you can make a little more money that way because I think favorites go down a lot more than they do than they win when it gets to these crazy situations. Yeah, and and it, it's starting to remind me, and we, and we talked about it here on Tuesday's show and on, on for Wednesday games now. The edges on these NIT games are just through the roof, and it's really reminding me of early season, where in the early season the edges are just really big, and it were every year now the early season is the most profitable time in college basketball because the model does a really good job at assessing what's out there and what's happening. And the, the books just are lagging behind us. And it almost feels like that same thing, kind of like you mentioned, right? Two teams that haven't crossed paths, but it's when you get to conference, it's, you get more of a closed loop. And so it's a lot easier to pull the data. It, it, it's, it's, it's more of an elementary task to figure out where to price a conference game with so much data, everyone playing everyone, but those non-conference games are a little bit tougher. And now that we're back to the non-conference, that's what we're seeing like that start of the season, those just big edges where the models not gonna be right on all of them, but it's gonna be right on more than not. And that's where it's a lot of fun when you can just fire away and, you know, not every day is going to be profitable, but more times than not, that's the process that that works for us. So I, I like seeing those big edges like we have in the beginning of the season. The lines a little bit less tight is it, exciting. Now, some of the tournament games are going to get real tight because they're going to really analyze those. So I, I really think there's just so much money to be made here in the NIT and the, I guess, the CBI. And I think those are the only two this year. I think that's where we're going to make a lot of money. We're going to talk about tournament games, but those small tournaments can 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 really profit be, be profitable for us. 
Oh, for sure. It's like finding those small small teams in the early non-conference where there's just not a lot of eyes on them. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, a great show, a ton of A great plays for you here. But before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any college basketball, MLB, or college ball content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. So many great benefits to be found over there, above and beyond what we do here, from the plays of the day to all the model A grade picks to the numbers needed on the spread or money line for the model to give it an A grade. And, of course, that Discord chat, which is a lot of fun. We have a great time there. If you're with us over there and you haven't been able to get to the Discord chat, shoot me an email to make sure that you get in there. It's a great benefit. Again, 5 bucks a month. It'll be well worth your money there. www.patreon.com slash picks the professor. For more details, even if you're not there, they're still thrilled to have you here. Also, if you haven't yet, join us on Wager Lab. It's a free mobile app that lets you predict and make bets, either with friends, just kind of for fun in the app. You got a lot of options there. It's free and legal in all states. No money's exchanged in the app. Uh, we've got our free March Madness pool already started up. You can hop in anytime, wager with your points that you're awarded. And if you walk away in the top three, you get Amazon gift cards. So uh, n- no downside to entering it. It's a lot of fun over there uh, as well. And you get, you know, maybe a gift card if you're, if you're top three and bragging rights for sure, if nothing else. Uh, just a reminder again, all money land plays are to return three units. That is the risk plus the win equals three. That way we risk more on favorites. So we'll talk about a little bit today. Some of these dogs that are plus 200 or more like risk, you know, 0.85 units or something like that. If we're taking a favorite, you know, we're risking more like 1.7. So we're risking more on the favorites, you know, but that way we don't do that, that flat betting thing. That way we're proportional on it. And you'll see that reflected in the Google sheet. Otherwise, well, let's get to it. But as always, take what you like. And leave the rest. Turn off here over there. The first four, 16 versus 16, Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson is a fun team to watch. I mean, really, that's the whole analysis. There. They're a fun team to watch, a fun team to back. Texas Southern seemingly does some version of what they did this year every year. It's gotten more extreme lately. And Texas Southern, five years ago, was like one of the first SWAC teams, five, ten, you know, 10 years ago, really, probably started for, the, for about five years from five to 10 years ago. They, they, kind of figured out we should play really tough non-conference games and that way we're prepped for the conference schedule and so there was a, a long stretch where i swear texas southern every year would go like oh and 13 in non-conference because every game would be like at oregon at villanova at illinois at texas you know they were, it was just a murderer's row they wouldn't play a home game but by the time they got to conference man they were ready to roll and they would roll through the swag and they won their conference so many times as of late, like other teams started figuring that out, it hadn't worked. The Texas Southern's really struggled in conference play and then turned it on. So, I mean, they, they've kind of got the magic formula for none of it really matters for them until they get to the conference tournament. So, you know, they use those, they used to use those as like tune up games and then destroy in the conference. Now, they seemingly just didn't care at all in the conference and then turned it on again in the conference tournament. It worked. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm skeptical that they turned it on and that it's real. I just don't think they're as talented. Maybe uh, I've got an A great play here on fairly. I think fairly is a better team. I have them favored by 1.4 points. Southern says they win 53% of the time says the correct price should be fairly Dickinson minus 112. So plus 117 is a pretty good edge here. Anything plus 109 or better gets that a grade. They've been performing well, just like Texas Southern has. So if you want to look at Texas Southern and how well they put in that conference tournament, how much they overperform the model expectations, Fairleigh Dickinson has also been overperforming model expectations despite that loss um, you know, to Merrimack in the conference tournament. The only team that got an automatic bid off of a loss 
<laughs> that's in this tournament. But they've been playing really well other than that one game. Both teams are coming in high. I just think that Philadelphia is a better team. I got them 20 spots ahead of Texas Southern in the model. Should be a lot of pace in this one. Both teams want to play this in the 70 possession number. So it should be pretty fun. Model says 150.2 for the total. The actual total I'm seeing is 145. So another game where I would lean over just because of the pace. I'm not sure I like playing the over for the same reason we talked about with the Tuesday games. You just never know in that gym. You get some slow starts, early tip, that sort of thing. These teams, you know, concerned about every possession, that sort of thing. So the model says over. If I was going to play, it's what I do. But you just never really know. Uh, you see a lot of dry spells in these first four games and, and lower scoring games than usual. So uh, sticking with Fairleigh Dickinson, a great pick here at plus one seventeen. What do you got, Jake? Yeah, I love Fairleigh Dickinson, even though they shouldn't be here. Like it's just stupid <laughs> rules, stupid NCAA, like stupid conference letting a team that can't like uh, it's just, conference slash NCAA. Over. I don't know who's to blame, but whoever it is, we should, we're blaming them. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just it's terrible. Uh, but either way, they're here, so that's what we're gonna go off of. This defense will make you nervous if you are betting fairly Dickinson. It is it is terrible? It is awful. It is not the worst by somehow by some margin. That's unreal. That there's two. There's at least a handful of teams worse than this defense. Uh, nothing to do is great. They play at a quick pace because if you have the ball, you're scoring at will, and they have no choice but to keep up with you. Uh, they're a good free throw shooting team. They don't turn the ball over a lot. Their defense is very aggressive and grabs a lot of turnovers that leads to a lot of open buckets when they miss because they miss often uh not they don't like to rebound on the defensive end they're very good on the offense this is just a playground team they like all offense hate defense they're, they're better than texas state though uh, or texas, texas southern. southern man texas southern wants to play quick i think that's going to play in uh fairly dickinson's hands they're sloppy with the ball that's also going to help fairly dickinson <laughs> They're a terrible three-point shooting team. They're a terrible offensive team. They turn the ball over way too much. They don't like open shots, miss free throws. Um, a lot of that changed in the tournament. They've got a really good coach that knows how to get through this first four and the experience. There's there's some value to that. I just don't think they've quite got the team to do it this year, especially with the way Fairleigh Dickinson is playing towards the end of the year. I know, I know they lost to Merrimack there, but they before that they were doing fairly well. Uh Nope, no, no pun intended. Uh, but I frankly think it's a smart play. I lean over when it comes to the total just because of the lack of defense on one end and the pace of this game should just absolutely skyrocket in points. I think you were quoting Ken Palm numbers there for Fairleigh Dickinson being the yeah. third worst defense in the NCAA. Sideline has him as the last, the worst defense. I've got him at 363. So uh, I, I, my model is with you that their defense is literal trash. Um, one of the worst out there. But they have a better offense, um, which is going to go a long way to winning this game we think when, when you look at it you know texas southern's offense has just not been very good the defense has been okay but fairly like this offense is the best unit on this court and i'm not even sure it's really close which it has to be given how bad their defense is because uh, it's it's disastrously bad but uh they've got a really good offense so this is an anything can happen type game i think fairly because it should be the slight favorite the fact that we're getting plus odds again a great pick just way too much value uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, Youngstown State and Ohio State. This is listed as versus here because Ohio State is the Oklahoma home. State. Oklahoma State is the home team. 
but it's at Youngstown State. Oklahoma State is hosting a wrestling tournament. They did not put in a bid. So they are the number one overall seed in the NIT, but they are not hosting this game. So I've written that as Youngstown State versus Oklahoma State, but I am giving Youngstown State in the model the home court advantage. You'll see that in the Google Sheet. If you click the link for that in the show description, you'll see that it's listed as an asterisk. And the asterisk means the road team actually gets the home court advantage here. So this game's at Youngstown State. I think that's part of the reason why. Plus 250 offers such a good value on the Penguins here. I'm not sure they win, but I just think there's a chance they can hang around. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, little fool's gold there without Anderson early on, playing much better without him winning a couple of those games. But then since then, you've seen them really fall apart. They have massively underperformed model expectations and everyone's expectations since then. Sideline says that they should be favored since this is a road game for them by 1.4 points as they win this 53% of the time. So Youngstown State winning 47% of the time is incredible value at plus 250. Model says anything that's get this plus 140 or better would be an A-grade pick. It is one of those things where if this game was at Oklahoma State, I think this line makes a little bit more sense. If it's at, uh, at OSU, you know, you probably make this around the six and a half that it is. I don't understand this number here. It's like people don't understand where the game is being played. I think Youngstown State just offers tremendous value here that since this is a home game, it's strength on strength. Their offense is going to be the stronger of the two offenses. Oklahoma State's defense, the stronger of the two defenses. It should be a good matchup there. Oklahoma State does have an edge offensively against this Youngstown State defense, but that's going to be offset a little bit by the game location. So, again, I think this is a coin toss type game. Plus 250 offers tremendous value. I just cannot say that enough. And with regards to that scaling we talked about earlier, this is a game where the model would risk 0.86 units to win about 2.15. So it's one of those where, again, not risking a ton because uh, and there's no locks in gambling in general, but this sure isn't a lock. But it's one where they win enough times. It's a smart investment. Again, talking about prepping for baseball season, we're going to do the same sort of thing. They're take dogs that we think may not even be more likely to win, but the proposition value that it offers is too good to pass up. That's how I feel about Young's. You can also take the points if you want and hang around. You know, it's kind of personal preference, but it'd be an A grade no matter what you do here, whether you're taking six and a half or you're taking the plus odds and the money line, you know, split your wage or whatever. Model says anything that's three and a half or better gets an A grade. I think the hang around, it should be, you know, two teams that are comfortable playing at the same pace. So it, there should be no contrast to style. It's just one team's good offensively and good versus a good defense versus the other team's not good offensively versus not good defense. So uh, I think the game location gives a great equalizer. I think Youngstown State got a chance to pull it off at home, even though Oklahoma State is the number one seed, not getting to host it because they decided they didn't want to host it in Stillwater. Uh, Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, it's just a wild turn of events. The NIT is just crazy at times. It's Uh, good times. (laughs) Yeah, like look, Oklahoma State, their defense is carrying a lot of water from – Two weeks, uh, two week stretch where they beat, where they won five games in a row and were playing great. Other than that, this year they really, really haven't done that much. I think the defense is a little bit overrated. Their offense is garbage. I mean, if you look at just their conference numbers, their defense is well below average or right around average, not below average, and their offense is well below average. Um, they're a terrible shooting team, not good for the free throw line, and everything else is just very uh, mediocre. Uh, but if you start looking at Youngstown State, that offense is outrageous. They they play very very good. They play fat. They play quick on the offensive end. They find open shots. They don't make mistakes. Um, they hit most of them. They're a great free throw shooting team. Uh, their defense leaves a lot to be desired. But I, the a couple of things they do really well is they keep keep you off the free throw line, and they like turn you over enough that it makes it like that it makes you uncomfortable. Um, and I think being at home, that's going to help. That's going to help everything 
for on their end. And I think it's actually going to hurt Oklahoma State more than normal. Like, not only are they not in the tournament they want to be in, and they're one of the teams that's being talked about as a snub, like because different different reasons, but they also have to travel now to Youngstown State, Ohio, instead of getting a home game that should have been a home game. I think they can either use that and be extra motivated, or it can just absolutely crush them, and they don't want to be there. I I tend to think it's going to be the latter on this one. So Youngstown State is a great play. And this is another situation where yeah, I just love the money line play. I know that we're not gonna we're gonna we're gonna lose more dogs and we have to win more favorites. But again, it's been really profitable for us so so far. And I, and I really like this. I think kind of to your point, if Oklahoma State shows up motivated, you know, in the road in the in the home crowd isn't that big of a deal for them. They could run away with this game. I mean, Oklahoma State's probably you know they're the more talented team, right? But yeah. if they aren't showing up motivated and Young Sunset gets a good little home boost there, like they can it's one of those high variance games, which is exactly what you want with plus two fifty. You you want that coin tossy type, who the heck knows what's gonna happen. And that feels like what this is. I I have no idea what's gonna happen. So absolutely give me plus two fifty. Uh great investment uh in in a game that that could be you know pretty interesting. And you know, you talk about Oklahoma State, last thing here I want to talk about, you know they had so many close losses down the stretch that could have got them in. They, they lost at home by six to Baylor in a game they hung around and they lost by five at home to Kansas state in a game they hung around with. They took that trip to Morgantown that they just never even were competitive. That first half just West Virginia just couldn't miss and they couldn't hit. And, and the first half just killed them. Uh, they, they lost at home to Kansas. They got that drubbing to TC at TCU. And they just played themselves out of the tournament with only two wins in the last, whatever that was, seven, eight games, and that just wasn't good enough. And like you said, it'll be real interesting to see their, their mindset coming in to this one. Speaking of another team that played their way out of the tournament, Florida, uh, for different reasons, and not to say that the injury didn't matter for Oklahoma State. Losing Avery Anderson was absolutely a tough blow, and you have to imagine with him healthy, they make the tournament. They won one of those games, and, and they get in, and or the fact that the committee knows he's available affects their mindset. Uh, but Castleton, of course, for Florida was the big difference maker. I mean, I, I really think this Florida team's heading to the tournament with him, and the way they were playing, they were looking really strong, and then he goes down, and this team just looks clueless. Let's grab the dog here, UCF plus 150. It's obviously a road game at Florida. I'm not sure, as again, I don't know how much the home crowd at Florida would matter. I don't know if they They've given up on basketball. You just never know with these bigger schools that tend to have good home court edges exactly what will happen in the NIT, especially in the early rounds. The home crowds tend to get better as it goes on because you tend to get a little bit more excited about we might win a trophy. I remember as a, as a grad student at Baylor when they won the NIT that year, I was there. The first round or two, we had very few students there. It was not as big of a deal. By the time we got further in, get a little momentum, a little excitement. You saw all the students. So I don't know if about Florida, if it'll be the same way, but I have to imagine there's going to be a little bit weaker of a home crowd. UCF's right down the road. They might, you know, they, they, they don't have quite the same travel effects. And again, I just don't trust this Florida team without Castleton. They, they, they still, for the most part, to me, look lost. I think UCF's the better team. They are on the road, but I think they can hang around. I've got this at Florida minus 1.8 as the correct number, which would be minus 120 on the money line. So UCF plus 150 is an A grade. Anything better than plus 147. So barely an A grade. But I think plus 150 is just tremendous value here on the dog. You can take the points if you want. Model wants four for an A grade. And right now I'm seeing three. So model thinks that there's a little bit more value on the money line here than there is on the spread. Take that for what it's worth. You know, you, you, you just the biggest difference in this game is that the worst unit by far on the court is going to be Florida's offense. They can't score without Castleton. I think that's the difference in this game. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's kind of sad because Florida was, you're right, was on the 
going to be a decent seed in that uh, in the tournament with that with Castleton. And man, he goes down. I think they win three games, and that's Ole Miss who fired their coach, Georgia who was all year, and then LSU who's was replay like I think they had one scholarship player when when their coach took over. Sure. So they like neither none of those three wins are anything to ride home about. This it's just going to be rough. And I mean, their defense lacks without him because they don't they lose a lot of rim protection. This was his their, their defense that was so strong went from great to eh, okay. Yeah. It's not bad, yeah. but it's not what it was with him in there as well. And you saw that down the stretches, their offense still didn't do anything, but the defense also a little bit. It was like everything let him down really. I mean, Kelsey was such a big player offensively and defensively. Yeah, I mean it, it was huge because I mean the benefits of having him on offense, he makes a bit. It makes teams play differently, right? Because you have to have a big that can be athletic and move around. And if you don't, he's running your big guy around, making him tired. Then that helps on offense. It also helps on defense because then he's not the big guy they pushing in to battle with Castleton does not got the legs anymore. So he was it just was a waterfall effect and it and you're right, Golden hadn't seemed to figure out how to make this offense work or this defense work without him. And it's kind of sad. And you, and you wonder how much of that you know, coach, how much of that also is just like we kind of expected more from some of those players to step up in his yeah. absence and just worked and and how much of that is just gotta go now, you know, how how do you get those guys to step up, right? And, and it just hasn't happened. And we really, I really thought when he was done, I really thought a couple of those guys could step in and kind of mitigate that, but it has not happened. They have not been able to figure it out. Like you said. No. And it, it's, it's kind of sad to see, like, it's just like this, this team had something, but I mean, UCF, I, I wasn't sure what to make of them all year. They've shown flashes of playing. Well, I mean, they, they've got Memphis that they want, they beat Memphis at home, but they, then they lose to them on the road. Uh, like to get swept by Cincinnati. I mean, of course, swept by Houston, but uh, who did get swept by Houston? Uh, it's, but it's just like they have a good offense, but sometimes it just doesn't show. And like they go from putting up 96 to barely scoring 60, like in the next game. It's, it's like I, I, they're very inconsistent. They're not, and part of that is they're not good inside the arc. They're, they're get three dependent. They shoot a lot of threes and they depend on that. Um, they're very, good free throw shooting team that just because they're so jump shot oriented they don't get to the free throw line a lot free throw line a lot they turn the ball over a bit but they also force a lot of turnovers so i think that'll come out in the wash and i think their defense is good enough to carry them through and at least give them this one win because i think they might be a little bit more motivated where florida might be on the way out just because how the season's gone they're they're thinner they don't really i got a lot sure how much they want to be there that so they might be like yeah we're good and and that's, again, another reason why the plus odds provide so much value because Florida may not want to be – they may. We, we don't know. I don't want to try yeah, to say what, yeah. what these kids want. Yeah, no, 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 no. You just – you don't know. But but there's a chance. There's a real chance that it would not be the first time that a team has had an injury. The season's derailed. You get to a tournament like this, and they're just – their hearts aren't in it. You know, they're not practicing well. They're not – they're just they're just kind of like playing out the string. I mean, I was a college athlete, and there was – I definitely had one season like that where I remember as a team you could feel it. It was just a – as the season went down, everyone just wanted to be done. And, and 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 that sort of thing happens, right? And so you never know. We've seen sometimes these situations, these teams figure something out, it clicks. Ohio State, for instance, made a great run at the end of the season that really surprised that It looked terrible for, for a bit and terrible without key, and then all of a sudden started playing a little better, right? Florida just hasn't done that. 
I don't expect it to happen here. They may get on a run here. They may figure something out. They may now be able to say, hey, because it's the now that the season's over, we're going to completely switch up our style and do something crazy, and it may work. You never know. And that's why I said the money line, the plus 150 offers great value. Because if they do and figure it out and they win this game by 10, oh, well, you took a chance with the dog. It happens. But if they don't show up and UCF wins this game by 10, which is also on the table, you got a nice little plus 150 ticket in your hand. So a, a lot of reasons here to like the, the money line dog here, I think, in that one. Yeah, let's just hope they get a few more texts from their friends on spring break at the beach or whatever saying, hey, come join us as soon as you're done. And they, they just get a little more motivated by that than they are to win the game. There you go. There you go. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, another situation where the better seed is on the road. Sam Houston State is the designated home team. This game is being played in Santa Clara. So Santa Clara is being awarded the home court advantage according to the model. I'm going to still take Sam Houston State, though, even though they are on the road in this game at plus 160. The models really like Sam Houston State all season. They've been mostly good, so it's been a pretty good team. Couldn't quite get over the hump there in that uh, wax semifinal game, in a game where their opponent shoots whatever it was, 16 at the Green Canyon shoots 16 to 31 or something from three. Sam Houston State you know, has a chance to win it at the end and can't quite get it done. I just think they're the much better team here. They are, of course, on the road, but I think this is a pretty – toss-up type game. The model says Santa Clara should be favored by 1.4 and it seems Houston can pull the road upset 47% of the time. So 47% winner of plus 160 play is a massive edge. Model says anything better than plus 138 is an A grade play. So you get another coin toss game at massive plus odds even though it's a road team. They're the much better team. Should balance out. They've got that suffocating defense and it's a massive clash of styles. Santa Clara's best units their offense and they play fast. Same Houston State sucks the air out of the ball. So it's another one of those anything can go type games. It should be a great game. I mentioned it here on Tuesday. So there's a there's a couple there's two games Wednesday that are going to be just dreadful. But other than those two games, I kind of think the other uh, what 14 of the first round NIT games are all pretty good games, which is shockingly high. I, I swear it's never like that. But another game that should just be a great contest. Don't know what the heck happens. Give me plus 160. If we got you know a bunch of these plus 160s, a plus 150s, a plus 250s. You know, we win anywhere near half of them at these plus odds. We're going to be profitable and in increasing that bankroll. And that's the goal here, one day at a time, increasing that bankroll. So I got same State here at plus 160. Total of this one, it's an interesting story here. Uh, model would go under 142 and a half, so the total should be 138. Santa Clara has been scoring a ton and really been going over. St. Houston State's really been sucking the air out of the ball and going under. So I think the model saying St. Houston State's pace just drags so slow that they can keep this game under. We often see in the NIT, we we talk about, you know, they obviously more points, seems to play a little bit faster of a style, kind of let things loose. The coaches kind of let the kids play a little bit more. I'm not sure St. Houston State does that. They are a real extreme slowdown team. So I think that sounds a little bit inflated. I think there's a little bit too much. Oh, there, there's going to be a ton of scoring in this one. St. Houston State, I think, is going to stay disciplined to their slow-paced ways. And Santa Clara can't play much faster than they already play. So I kind of think under makes a little bit of sense here as well. I just think Samuel State's defense, best unit on the court. I think that gets them the win and keeps it under. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I think you doubt it. This game really keys on if Sam Houston State's defense and if they can be disciplined enough to keep this game slow. Because if it gets running, it's bad news for them. I mean, it, absolutely. They, they want this. They want this game at most to score sixty. To win it. Yeah, at most sixty is what they would prefer. Uh, yep. But uh, you have to have. They have to have that. Uh, Santa Clara, not the team to take advantage of where they're weak on offense. They turn over the ball over a lot. Santa Clara struggles to turn turn people over. Um, they they like to do rebound more, and I think both both these teams are pretty good rebounding teams. So I, I, nobody's really got the advantage there. Uh, if Sam Houston State 
can keep from fouling, that'll go a long way for them because they like they send their opponents to the line a lot. And I haven't watched too many of their games other than the beginning of the year, so I'm not exactly sure if that is from just an overly physical defense or just being way it's, aggressive. It's very uh, aggressive. So that mm, that that hurts because a lot of these, if the refs aren't used to seeing that, that. It's not going to be great for them. Yeah. Uh, but they are a very good three-point shooting team. They work the ball around pretty well. They'll find a decently open shot. Inside the arc makes me a little nervous, and the free throw line makes me a little nervous. But I think the free throw line is, is absolutely – you know, they have lost – a few covers because they're so, and they, and they lost the game against Grand Canyon. And yeah. the, the guy they felt was like a 40 some percent free throw shooter. If I remember correctly, you know, mm-hmm. they're down one, he gets fouled. He misses both. I mean, at least you make one and you got a chance to force overtime makes both. You got a chance to win the game and, and he misses both. And, and that's, that's kind of the story of San Houston State's free throw. They're just a terrible free throw shooting yeah. team. They focus and practice on defense because they feel like that gives them a bigger advantage. And I'm sure that's right. I'm sure the coach knows what he's doing and it works because they're so dang good defensively. They've got one of the better defenses in the country, but yeah, they're so bad on the free yeah. throw line. It makes it harder to protect leads. Yeah. And it's good. That's where I get a little nervous on this team, but I think, this is such a tight game, but the, the plus odds is the right play to make because this game can really go either way. Like I said at the beginning, it depends on the same state can be disciplined enough to maybe not foul as much and keep it keep slow and not try to play it anywhere near Santa Clara's base. Yeah, model again loves the money line, thinks it's a massive edge. The, the right now, same Houston State's getting three and a half points, and that is the threshold needed for an A grade play. So the model likes the three and a half as well. If you're taking the points, it just likes it a little bit less. It's just a bigger edge in the money line. And again, we talk about sometimes it's money line, sometimes it's spread. It's just depending on the way the math works. Again, the, the books aren't necessarily tying everything perfectly correct to make it right. They've got other concerns about balancing books and, and knowing what people might do and, and worried about taking big bets. They got things to consider. Uh, they, they use the math, but they have things to consider beyond the math that we don't have to worry about. So money line, a pretty strong edge here. Points, good edge. Money line, great edge. Back to the first four. Arizona State, Nevada. Going to take the dog here in Nevada, plus 115. Uh, I, I, Jake, is, is this game or the Pittsburgh game on Tuesday night a bigger coin toss? I feel like both of them are going to be – I mean, it's just like – I have no idea. You know, give me some plus odds because yeah. both of these teams are decent. I could I could see a world where both of these teams, you know, I could see a world where neither one of these teams makes the tournament. Maybe I'll argue it. Maybe I, I'm not even sure either one of these teams should be there. To be completely honest, I think they both had their chances and couldn't get it done. They're here. Um, I don't really think either one of them is that good. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line to me. I've got them both ranked outside the top 64. Uh, I've got Arizona State 68, Nevada 84. So I think Arizona State's the slightly better team, but I've only got them favored by 1.3 points. They're actually favored by two. So things are a little bit of value. Taking plus two in Nevada or the plus 115 as we're doing here. Models is the correct price to be minus 111. So a tiny bit of value here. It's a C grade pick. I've got Nevada winning this 48% of the time. It's pretty close to a coin toss, so plus odds make sense. I don't know. Again, both these teams kind of struggled down the stretch. They had a couple decent games, but for the most part, they're going to really rely on their defense, and their offense has, you know, if either one of these offenses comes to play, they're going to win. I, you just never know when that's going to happen. And so uh, kind of in a coin toss situation here, I, I think grabbing the dog makes sense. As long as you're getting decent odds here, again, models is 111, so – Plus 110 is okay on Nevada, but the plus 115, that's where I'm getting a little bit more excited at the value proposition that we're getting here. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like, I think the Pittsburgh-Mississippi State game is a bigger toss-up because I think there's a, a more direct path for Nevada to win this one because Nevada doesn't turn the ball over. Arizona State's 
offense really depends on their defense forcing turnovers to feed it because they're not very efficient. They have a hard time finding open shots in the half court. And if this game gets anywhere near Nevada's pace, they won't, they're not going to turn the ball over a lot. They do a good job of making it one shot and done on, on defense. They don't try to offensive rebound. They send four back. They might send one guy. It might be even halfway attempt. Um, they're a great free throw shooting team. Their offense is good enough that they can find open looks and knock them down for the most part. They have a very high assist to field goal made ratio. Um, I just think they are the slightly they're better team. They're, I think they should be favored in this game, but at the same time, they have absolutely played like crap in their last three games. Um, Wyoming and San Jose State are unacceptable losses for this team, and the fact that they got in the tournament that's different issue because even the net rankings that they're supposed to use had them tw- 20 spots worse than Oklahoma State and, and I forget who else and somehow yeah. Oklahoma State and Nevada got in. Uh, but UNLV is an acceptable loss and that, that game played at the pace they wanted to. That was 69 to 67 in overtime, but the other two, that's yeah. not great. Uh, so that's where I think it's it a little questionable. Um, Arizona State it's a good team, very good defense. They didn't play. They played strong in the tournament before that. They were struggling. Um, it's just I don't trust their offense to be there. I trust Nevada's offense to be there. Yeah, and like kind of like I said, right, that's the key. If, if, if either one of these teams' offense shows up, that'll be the difference because both of them are strong defenses. Nevada's offense is, is a little more consistent. I think you made a great point there, too, about Nevada and the pace, if they play at the pace they want to go. Model would lead under. The total in this game is 133.5. The actual or the actual total is 133.5. Model is 130. And uh, like we were talking about in Dayton, you know, I, I, I just have a hard time pulling the trigger on overs in those Dayton games with the way that Jim is. And, you know, that's not to say that one game won't go over. And, again, if I was going to play over those both those 16 games, I, I think are ripe for a ton of points. But you just see so many scoring droughts that I, I, I'm more comfortable with an under. And I would play this under because you got just better defenses. One of these offenses, it would not shock me if the losing team in this game, offense doesn't show up and they score like 48 points because we've seen that from these teams. If Nevada slows the pace down – this game could get really ugly. So 133 is not a very high number, but, you know, given the pace and the defense here, uh, model, would, model would indicate going under as well. So so something else to consider in that one. Got a late night one here, 11 p.m. Eastern. You see Irvine at Oregon. Going to grab a big dog here in the Anteaters at plus 375. Again, he's talking about scaling. This is not a risk one unit to win 3.75. I want to risk more like one unit on a lower dog here. This is risk 0.63 units. So it's maybe about a half a unit or so. Is the proper skill and get another A grade play? I do think Oregon should be favored, but not quite to this extent. I'm seeing eight and a half. Model says six point eight, so the model wants nine plus nine for an A grade. If you're taking the points, if you can shop around and get a nine, that would be an A grade. Eight, eight and a half, not a bad look. We're gonna just throw a flyer out there on UC Irvine. Who knows if they win? Again, we talk about these. NIT games, you just never know the motivations. You never know the crowd size. You never know, right? Sometimes the home team will go out there in the first round one by 20. Sometimes they lose, and it, it's not that uncommon to see. So just taking a flyer on some of these plus dogs, you don't have to win all of them. 
took a lot of favorites there in the last couple of weeks here in the conference tournaments. And it worked out really well because we were hitting much higher than we need. You know, the, people are talking about the problem with betting minus 150. You got to hit 60%. Well, if you are, that's good. And, and it's not that it's, you got to think about those minus 150s and find the ones that are going to win higher than 60%, leave the other ones alone. And that's what the model's trying to do. So sometimes it's okay to let those bigger odds. Sometimes you want the dogs and you want to say, look, I don't even have to go anywhere near 50% profit. I think Irvine's a great example of that. Don't know if they win, don't know if they get blown out, but plus 375 or grabbing a bunch of points just makes too much sense with the anteaters here. And again, again, they don't have a ton of travel. You know, obviously it's it's, it's further north, but it's not like they're crossing time zones, right? That's the, the worst travel. So the travel spot shouldn't be too bad. Both these teams play decent enough at you know closing the season and Oregon's a better team for sure but you know UC Irvine plays at a really fast pace that Oregon doesn't want to play at that could could you know frustrate Oregon a little bit it could throw them off you just never really know with these NIT and the motivation so I think the dog here just makes a lot of sense Jake what do you think yeah I I like taking the dog here the big plus odds because I think there's more chances that cash than Oregon cash in there's uh Oregon really does has nothing impressive. I mean, they've got two surprising you got a couple, a couple great wins, and that's like it's like that's it. Yeah, you got Arizona and USC. After that, everything is just eh, meh. Uh, their uh, defense is kind of it's sloppy. They don't for they've turned the ball over more than they force turnovers. They rebound very very well, and that's the biggest strength of this team. That's part of the reason why their two point like, inside the arc percentage is so high is because they're getting it close to the bucket off a rebound and throwing it up because they shoot way too many jump shots and way too many threes. Um, they they block a lot of shots, and that's where I get a little nervous with UC Irvine. I'm not sure that they have the ability to attack the rim like they need to, but the pace should help them. The way they force turnovers turnover should help. Uh, they have a very, very good defense that makes shots hard to hit. Um, it's just they're a little too aggressive at times, and they foul more than they need to. But their offense is built to take advantage of Oregon's week because they force turnovers, they play fast, they do everything that Oregon doesn't want teams to do because they're a good three-point shooting team, they're good inside the arc, they're a decent free-throw shooting team. Um, they don't rebound well, so that's going to be very nervous. But um, I think the pace will kind of outdo that. I think they'll force a few turnovers and get going and send Oregon chasing early on. And we'll see what happens. At plus 375, it's not a giant risk. So it, it's kind of a flyer, fun, nice cash if it hits. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I'm kind of in general, and it's not maybe always. You're kind of seeing it in the model, which is always nice, right, when the model aligns with kind of what I'm seeing with my eyeballs here is a lot of times in the NIT, I kind of want to fade the big schools. I kind of want to back them in the CBI because I feel like your CBI big schools that get in know they're terrible. And they're excited to play more basketball. It's almost like thinking about Kansas football. They'd be excited to play more football, right? That they were motivated in that bowl game and, and, and almost beat Arkansas. And they had no business being the team. And it's that excitement because they just know how bad they were. I feel like these big NI, big schools that go to the NIT are not always. Some of them come motivated, but they're more likely. More than not, you're going to have a team that's disappointed. They didn't make the big dance. They don't really get excited. The crowd isn't excited. And there's a letdown spot, and these smaller schools want to keep playing. And so it's not going to work every time, but in general, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. That's kind of what the model is telling us, too. And I think to back that up, my thought here is, you know, it, how you view the Pac-12, I think, affects how you handicap this game. And if you think the Pac-12 is really good, then, I mean, you, you kind of got to like Oregon. But as you mentioned there with Oregon only having two good wins, you look at all those losses. There was a time at the start of the season when we thought the Pac-12 might be pretty strong. You had 
you know, we thought Oregon would get healthy and get better. And that just never turned out to be the case. Colorado had a couple good wins early on. We thought they'd be better than they were. Arizona state had some good wins, had some promise. We thought they'd be better than they were. And as we just talked about, I'm just, I'm shocked they even made the tournament. I mean, the PAC 12 turned into UCLA is great. And of course they're hobbled. That's a whole other story, but they are great. Arizona, great. USC, pretty good and had a nice little run there. And that's the whole conference. And so, you know, Utah started off great and they really fell apart. And, and if you look at that and you look at all those losses Oregon has, you kind of say, and, and you like I do, where I'm just, I'm just not that sold in the Pac-12, you know, it doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence that they're going to go out and be able to take care of business. Maybe they can. They're more talented. Absolutely. And they should be favored. But I mean, it's one of those where I'd like you said, I, I can see a world where you see Irvine wins and at plus 375, that's enough to, like you said, just put a little flyer on it. Maybe it cashes, maybe it doesn't. This is one of those where if we can take a play like this, you know, six days a week, we win two out of the six and we're going to be, we're going to be making money just winning two out of the six. So, you know, you don't have to hit all of, all of these three profits with some, sometimes a, a fun play here on a, on a big dog. That is all that we've got for you today, Jake. Any parting words for the viewer? No, I just can't wait to get this going. I've been waiting for this all year. So <laughs> Absolutely. Excited. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content for on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Back again with more college basketball betting tips all throughout the week. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.